you are probably more repaired than I am this time. And that's so, probably the last time the day we'll be in sync. Um, we're upgrading <laughs> the Capenna uh, Commander Precons with five cards from each of us. Um, and some options or suggestions on what to cut for those cards. Um, mm -hmm. For the most part, Brian will have much better suggestions for swapping out than I will. I happened Aww. to lose my file that had all my really clever suggestions for swap outs. So, <laughs> kind of winging it. But you know what? That's fine. Because that's what we do half the time. Hey, genius is born from desperation. Oh, man. It is. So, uh, I guess we're going to go yeah. in the order that we did them the first, or where they were released, or alpha, whatever. Uh, I guess we're starting with the Cabaretti Precon, Nanaya. But before we do that, uh, how's your college finals going? Um, pretty good, pretty good. Um, you know, I've got accounting tomorrow, so that's not going to be fun. But other than that, they're going great. Aced my HMD, my hospitality leadership presentation, so, you know, that's always good. Uh, acing anything in college sounds great, but... I'm all, I'm already ready for you to finish college so that uh, you can play more magic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I finish college and then immediately ship off to London. <laughs> for all, for a little bit. Yeah, for a little bit. And then we can actually but start playing magic. That's a good thing to let people know now if they're expecting stuff from us. Uh, what weeks are you going to be gone? Uh, let me pull up the calendar. Haha, desperation. <laughs> Here specifically, um, what Sundays are you going to be Because we might not be recording that week. I leave next Wednesday, so I'll be gone for the 22nd. I'll, I'll be back by the 29th, so only one week of recording, it looks like. Maybe. We might give you a break after that, too. We'll see. Um, also, during that time is going to be the buildup of previews and spoilers for Baldur's Gate 2. Or Commander oh, yeah. Legends 2, Baldur's Gate. So. Because there's been no spoilers revealed for that set yet, other than the very few we covered in that one episode. None at all. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the ones that were official. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Those, those official spoilers. Yep. <laughs> and as much as we want to talk about the cards we have maybe not really seen in existence, or what we think they might really be, you know, with our eyeballs on paper that someone else... Maybe, but, uh, yeah. 
We're not gonna get ourselves in trouble. We're not gonna get ourselves in trouble. <laughs> um. So yeah, do we did we start with Obscura or Cabaretti last time? Oh, we're starting with Obscura. All right. Uh, so you guess... can go first. Uh, do we want to take turns by card or by sets of five? Uh, let's do let's do let's do all five cuts at once each. Like I'll do my five cuts, and you do your five cuts, and then we'll do back and forth for uh, the oh, cards we added. I gotta I gotta find cuts now. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I have a feeling your cuts are probably going to be similar. So first off, um, I think any more lands than 36, unless uh, your deck revolves around playing lands, is ridiculous. <laughs> um, and the deck with the least lands that they made has 37. So my first two land cuts would be two of the um, Thriving Cycle from this set, uh, from this deck. Uh, any two, really. Um going back and looking at it, I would say cut the one that, uh, you know, I, I'd cut all three, actually, personally. Like, I'd make more than five cuts, but just for the purpose of five, cut two of the Thriving Lands. Probably the black and white one. Um, and that'll put you to 36 lands. Um, and after that, I decided to cut Profane Command, because I felt like it didn't really, it doesn't really do enough for its mana value. Like, at any X amount, unless you're making somebody lose the game with the target player loses X, it doesn't really feel great in this deck. Like, you have a lot of low uh, mana value creatures you want to reanimate with it, but then you're still paying a two-mana premium to reanimate them, and then you, all the other effects aren't that great if you're paying that. Um, commit to Memory, I feel, is just really slow for this deck, and you have a lot of better draw options through combat with Camus. Um and then Daring Saboteur just felt really slow. I think the only deck I would run this in is a Pirate Tribal deck. Um, it has a way to give itself unblockable, which is decent, but um, really, like, you can play it and maybe get some looting off of it dealing combat damage early, but by the time Kamiz comes down, like, you, you want to be giving the Double Strike to something different, and then giving this unblockable isn't that big of a deal because it can already get it. So, yeah, what, uh, what cuts did you have? Um, well, I generally, uh, when I start with a deck, go to 35 lands. This deck, for Obscura, this deck has a lot of rocks, also, um, when you look at the list. Like, yeah. it, it wasn't skimped out very badly, you know, it has Soul Ring, it's got the Signet, it's got a bunch of Signets and options, you know, but my first three, boom, the Thriving. I hate the Thriving <laughs> lands. We, we knew this was going to happen, uh, there's no denial on my part. Um, the fourth card I would have went after was going to be an offer you can't refuse. Um, oh. It's a neat card. It's cool. But, like, in this deck, in the, in the like, if you know you're going against other Capenna Commander, you don't want to give anybody treasures. Like, and yeah. you don't want to counter your own spells. Like, no. It, it, <laughs> Yes, it's a one-mana guarantee counter something, but I also don't like counter spells. Um, <laughs> yeah. so that's me. That's my personal line. And uh, The only other thing I could think of was I, I was kind of dabbling around looking at their creatures and stuff, and uh, Dusk to Dawn I would have popped because, yeah, you only pop creatures through a greater, but 
Kamiz's board state winning is generally going to have involvement with those big creatures. Mm-hmm. And you can't imagine, oh, I'm only playing against big stompy decks. So the Dust to Dawn, yeah. the Dusk part might not even do you any good. Like, if you're mm-hmm. going to board wipe and risk your own creatures, just kill them all. Or play Tragic yeah. Arrogance. Or... I'm not... I won't put it in, but Cyclonograph or something like that, you know? <laughs> or, yeah. or even go deeper, you know, with big mana, play Plaguewind. Or Garruk's Wake, you know? Play, play Garruk's Wake first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kill Planeswalkers. Dusk is weird in this deck, because Kamiz puts counters on stuff. So it's like, your, your stuff is usually going to be big enough to die if you, like, use his ability. Right. Yeah, it's a four-mana board wipe. And, yeah, you can pay five mana to get all your stuff back with the same spell. Mm -hmm. But... I mean, not even all of your stuff. Because the spell one cares about... Oh, no, it's power. I thought it was uh, CMC. Yeah, basically... you're not getting too much back. Yeah, basically, when I looked at the sorceries, you're either cutting, in my mind, a Nightmare I'm Making or Dust to Dawn. Yeah, and I think Nightmare I'm Making is so much cooler. <laughs> Nightmare I'm Making solves problems. Like, mm-hmm. they're gone. Yeah. And it gives you flexibility. Like, okay, I've got two cards in hand. I'm just going to exile everything that's got greater power than my hand. Or, oh, I've got five cards in hand, or two cards in hand, and they're making a bunch of 1-1 one, one tokens. I'm going to exile everything that's lower. There's yep. flexibility with it, you know? Yeah. The, That's why I chose Duck to Dawn. Yeah. And then an offer you can't refuse. I considered cutting it. I think it's definitely overvalued right now. I think it's a little overhyped. The only reason I didn't is because I can see you being the deck that needs to get board wiped and having a one mana no no board wipe response seemed good to me. But uh, I would, if I didn't. But you reckon, could play Swan Song. Yeah, you can play Swan Song, which I think is definitely better for this deck. Um, and then also, I didn't put these in my cards to add to the deck, but like Teferi's Protection or any of the like Give Your Creatures Indestructible stuff is great in this deck for multiple reasons, and they serve the same purpose. Oh yeah, yeah. There's definitely yeah. better ways to protect yourself than countering one spell. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, what was the, uh, what was your first card you wanted to add? Uh, Whisper Silk Cloak. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The reason for that is when you look at Kamiz's words, you have to choose, you target attacking creature can't be blocked this turn. Uh, it connives then you choose another attacking creature with lesser power. Not target, choose. So Whisper Silk uh, protects the creature, makes it unblockable, and Kamiz gives them double strike, avoiding the shroud. That's so good. That's That's so dirty, I didn't pick up on that. That was my, my, that's the one thing that I knew after I found my list, I'm like, that's it. Because I was like, oh, that tech's so juicy. And obviously you could do similar things with, like, the Lightning Greaves. But Mm -hmm. Whisper Silk makes a 
unblockable and you're going to be giving it double strike. Yeah. That's juicy. No, that's pretty good. Yeah. And I think I have a recommendation creature that would work perfect with Whisper Silk Cloak in this deck. Um, Meadowmai the Ageless. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, I mean... <laughs> Um, I think extra I'm not... turns unblockable double strike. <laughs> I think I'm not the first person to uh, pick up on this card being busted in this deck, but uh, Metamai is four white blue for a four four legendary creature Sphinx flying. When he deals combat damage to a player, uh, take an extra turn after this one. He can't attack during extra turns, so you can't attack during your two extra turns. But since you uh. <laughs> give him double strike with uh, Kamiza's ability, um, on your first turn, you basically just time stretch every turn. Yep. <laughs> Which is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> Unblockable extra turns. Yeah, so I think this guy's gonna be super great for uh, Kamiza. I think he's gonna be one of the cards that makes him, like, uh really work because getting that early two extra turns will allow you to set up a, a aggressive board states. And then if he, and if Metamai rotates somehow, it'll let you finish out the game on that next turn. Oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah. That, that's, ooh, that's good. <laughs> so what's the next card you put in? Um, I put in a real counter spell. Ooh. Um, I'm kidding. Um, Withering bin. <laughs> no, Dobin's veto. Oh yeah, it's, that's pretty good for this. It's not an expensive card, but it says it can't be countered, and you counter target non-creature spell. You don't give them treasure. It does cost one more mana, but this basically says I'm protecting this no matter what. Like your answer is done. Yeah. No, that's... Dovin's Vita is definitely just one of those really good, like, end-all responses. Yeah, and if you have to play mm. a counterspell, make sure that's it. Like, yeah. Uh, I'm more of a force of will kind of guy, actually. <laughs> See, this is why, why I don't like counterspells. <laughs> Every counterspell conversation has another counterspell get talked about. The counterspell stack is too high. <laughs> yeah, I'm really, I'm really surprised you recommended one. <laughs> uh, if you're playing a deck like this, having one or two counter spells is not a bad thing. But don't make it your strategy. Yeah, I uh, there's a time in my life where me and this person, who was formerly known as Bradley, and I do not know their current name. Uh, we were talking about decks, and we would just, like, both run 12 counter spells in all of our decks. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, that was the minimum. <laughs> I'm going to go over here with my PTCD now. <laughs> my post-traumatic <You're>... counter disorder. <laughs> uh, hurting my God. soul, man. So How are we both... friends? After, <laughs> I know you've done that. I've seen it. I've been a victim of it. How did we, yeah. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> kind of rolling with it. <laughs> Listen, it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> the next card I had uh, is 
this card's really expensive, I, I think. Uh, but I think if you can get a copy of it, it's busted, busted in this deck. Uh, I'm going to group this with my... I'm going to do two cards at once because they're basically the same thing. Um, Su Quan, Lord of Wu. Um, he is four blue blue for a four four uh, legendary creature human soldier, I believe. Let me let me double check that. I have a computer in front of me. No reason yeah, for me. Yeah, do that. Oh. Google and Gatherer, you should get an answer. I got it. Perfect. Four four legendary creature human soldier. Uh, creatures you control have horsemanship. Um. Oh yeah. And then the next one I'll just group it in is Archetype of Imagination. Um, it is four blue blue for a three two. Um, enchantment creature. Oh, I forgot to type imagination, so I just got a bunch of archetypes. Basically, um, both one of them gives all your creatures flying, takes away flying. Yep. And the other gives your horsemanship, which means they can only be blocked by horsemen. But still exactly. allows them to block, unlike shadow. Yeah, yeah, I can agree with both those being good options. Like, it gets you gives you that avoidance, so it allows you to care more about your double strike and hitting than that one creature being unblockable. Mm -hmm. They're they're more or less both four blue blue uh, creatures you control are unblockable. Um, In general, and yes. with and with a deck like this, you're running a lot of creatures that want to get through, and I feel like it'll be you'll be in positions where you can only give unblockable to one creature with your commander and you want more to get through. So you have to, uh, end up, uh, what's it called? You have to end up, uh, picking one, only one to get through because you know the opponents won't let you get more through. Um, I considered archetype of finality. Uh, it says creatures you control death touch, but I feel like imagination since they're the same CMC essentially does the same thing but better, because they can still block your Death Touch creatures in trade. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So what do you have next for card number uh, th three? I, I, I'm, I'm Actually, I, I managed to get uh, find a card that was, in, that was in Capenna, but wasn't in the Commander decks I liked. Um, this is Voidrend. Uh, it's one white, one blue, one black. Instant. The spell can't be countered. Destroy target non-land permanent. <laughs> Let's go. Like, yeah, it's it's an answer that says I'm doing it. This is happening. Get used to it. Yeah, <laughs> kind of like the Dovin's veto. That's not happening. Get used to it. <laughs> and in Obscura, <laughs> that seems like it's on board. It's like this creature's getting through because I gave it unblockable. Your permanent's getting destroyed. And I'm countering your spell. Like, having answers... <laughs> Look, this is how you play an offer you can't refuse. Like, these are the real offers you can't refuse. <laughs> it's not an offer. It's an order. <laughs> exactly. No uh. jokes, eh? <laughs> no, I mean, it's a solid card. Like, yeah. it answers a problem. Kind of reminds me of Vindic uh, or uh, Vin Instant Speed Vindicate, or um, what's the one from Shadows Over Innistrad? You have to pay three life. Um, I believe it's actually in there. Other it end? No, it's not other, other end. No. It's the other version of other end. Yeah, it's one less mana than other end, but you pay three life. Yeah, basically having two. That's a good swap too. Um, yeah, 
but yeah, like those cards that says target non-land permanent. Anguish on making. Yep. Anything that says target non-land permanent is, in my mind, a great card. Like, yeah. They're just so few and far between when you're not in blue to bounce cards, whereas destroying or exiling them is amazing. And then having mm-hmm. one that says, no, this is this is happening, it's done. Poof. Poof. That, that's, that's my third card. What's yours? Fourth. Um, my fourth card will be Thada Adele. Uh, let me... One of these days I'll remember to pull it up before it's my turn. <laughs> um, Thada Adele Acquisitor. Uh, one blue blue for a 2-2... Two, two, this is the French version. For a 2-2 two, two <laughs> legendary a two, two. folk rogue. We... And... Uh, <laughs> oh, no, that's it's actually... It's actually duh. Um, Legendary creature Merfolk Rogue with Island Walk. Uh, So a great thing to give Double Strike to, since it already has a form of evasion. Uh, Whenever Thada Adele Inquisitor deals combat damage to a player, search that player's library for an artifact card and exile it. Then that player shuffles his or her library. Until end of turn, you may play that card. So you can play it and just steal their ramp and stuff. Or you can just take their uh, Aether Flux Reservoir and leave it in exile. Which is. <laughs> or their Bolus of Citadel. Or, yep. <laughs> or their Ozolith. Or something like that. You know, just yeah. find their, either their card that's going to hurt you the most or their card that helps you the most. Or just leave it there. You don't have to cast it. Yeah, and if you don't cast it, it doesn't go back to their graveyard if they destroy it and they can't get it back. Or you can hit with Thought Adele with Double Strike, and you can go grab... You can play Thought Adele on three, play Kamiz on four, give her Double Strike, hit the blue player, be like, I want your Soul Ring, and I'm going to cast it. I'm going to use your Soul Ring to cast your Arcane Signa I stole from you. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think pretty sure. Or, or you go against, the, go against the real degenerate blue player, and you're like, I'm just going to steal your Cyclonic Rift. Poof. It has to be artifact that you take. Well, I, fine. <laughs> Sorry to rain on your parade. Well, when my parade is raining on people who play Cyclonic Rift, and it expects rain. Listen, everybody hates Cyclonic Rift, and then they're like, oh, how do I deal with the Enchantress deck? They keep reviving all their enchantments. You know? An uh, Adventurous Disc? Yeah, no, not Disc. All is, not all is dust. Um... Yeah, Ugin. Ugin, yeah. <laughs> Poof. But yeah, what's your fourth card? Oh, yes. Um, kind of new verse, same as the last. Uh, generous gift. <laughs> yeah. Good card. Beast within but one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Any non-land permanent. Uh, here, have an all. I will be... <laughs> if you sit down with Josh, get ready for your not... He's not going to counter your spells. They're going to hit the table and then immediately go to the graveyard. <laughs> when I want them to. Or when I have the cards in hand. Uh, but yeah, I don't generally play many counters. Like, ever. Like, there's... Even in my blue-white Noyandar deck I just built and I'm having fun with, there's one counter. And it's a mana leak for one. Like, I don't like counter spells that much. Now, in competitive play, yeah, I'm going I'm to try and find ways to counter your stuff. But in casual? No, I'd rather you have the satisfaction of playing, doing the thing. 
then I'll stop the thing. I'm not going to tell you you can't do the thing. You're too nice. You're too kind. Get them out of here. Uh, I'm not no. dealing with these cards in play. Get them out of here. I'm, I'm a different kind of mean. I'm the mean that likes to take away the pleasure after you've gotten it, rather than just denying you pleasure. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say you can't have your new toy, but I'm gonna let you have it. I'm gonna take it home. You're gonna unwrap it. Then I'm gonna smash it with a hammer. Okay. In very explicit. <laughs> Uh, metaphor here um i'm not a tease i'm a denier <laughs> yeah my next card's demir cut purse <laughs> speaking of cutting purses <clears throat> Uh, one blue-black for a 2-2 creature spirit. When Demir cut first deals combat damage to a player, that player discards a card, you draw a card. Same thing as Thought Adele. Just a great creature to give double strike. Denies Instead of denying them resources from their deck, you deny them from hand and draw cards. Decent to give unblockable and also really good to give double strike if you have the chance. No, that does sound really cool. I like that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, what's your fifth and final card? I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you a guess on what it does, but um, it's a reality shift. <laughs> yeah, reality shift. Yeah. Which is a really cool blue removal card. Yeah, like, one in a blue yeah. exile target creature they manifest, right? Yeah. And, and yeah. basically, it also gives you a chance to remove an extra thing, too. Like, you're not just killing a creature, you're also potentially taking a spell or an artifact away from it and making it easier to pop, you know? Yeah, because if you yeah. manifest a non-creature card, they can't cast it. They can only cast. They can only flip it face up if it's a creature. By paying its mana cost. And and yet we are. There is black in this deck, and there's a lot of cool black removal cards. But I mean, besides feed the swarm, like that's if you're playing black, you play feed the swarm. Yeah. Like, except for black green, because there's better ways to do that. Um, <laughs> But sure I should pick up some copies of Feed the Swarm. <laughs> yeah, why not? I mean, it's it's good. But because the card shop is all the way over there. <laughs> <laughs> As I say a mile away. Um Yeah, what was your last card? Oh, that was my last card. I did two in a row. Uh oh. earlier. You dirty cheater. I realize now that you slipped that in. I was like, oh, he's doing two cards that are the same spot. Not two cards that were two different spots. Uh-huh. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And then so, later in my list, I do two cards, and they take up the same spot. <laughs> gotta, I gotta keep you on your toes. Dang it. All right. So basically with Obscura, what we added was some ways to abuse getting unblockable uh, and some removal and protection stuff. Yeah. Um, and cut the thriving lanes. We have vivid opinions on the viability of particular types of counters, but, you know, yeah, an offer we, you can't refuse could be good. It probably is good, but that doesn't mean I have to like it. And if you don't like something, you don't have to play it. Just because <laughs> it's good doesn't mean you have to play it. I, I will say, though, 
if one more person talks to me about how great of a play it is to spend five mana casting your own spell then countering it to get two treasures, I'm gonna lose my fucking mind. <laughs> I it's it's so aggravating. I I see it on the magic subreddit a lot, and I see it and a couple of my friends are talking about it. Like, no dude, I lose two cards from my hand and five mana, and in exchange I get two treasures. So it's what you need to realize here is you can't convince those people otherwise because this is the same kind of people who are going to buy NFTs. <laughs> God, it's fucking. Do you uh have do you know ProZD? Uh, no. Uh, I'm gonna send you a clip to watch. But basically, he's talking about how like silly some like advanced turns and card games are and uh he doesn't name drop magic but the cards he uses uh as placeholders are magic the gathering cards and it it's like the same mindset it's it's like it's like somebody describing to me a Yu-Gi-Oh play but instead of drawing all five pieces of exodia and winning the game you get two treasures <laughs> something that red can do like it, it red can do tacked on to another effect of a card <laughs> <laughs> It's just silly. Uh, oh, yeah. that guy. Now that I've yeah. seen the face, yeah, I recognize him. Okay, I've seen him in a lot of clips and memes. All right, yeah, yeah I, I confirm. He's hilarious. Voice actor of the uh, robot in uh, Borderlands 3 as well, the robot player class. I forget the name. Oh, cool. Yeah. But with that, so, uh, Cab ready. ready. Are you ready? I'm Cabaretti. Uh, <laughs> oh, Gabber, terrible. Uh, you mean great? <laughs> that too. Um, what'd you cut from Cabaretti? Uh, thriving, thriving, thriving. Um, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, other cards, other cards to cut in this deck were really hard. Yeah. Because uh, everything seemed to mix out and stuff and work with this. Um, I think the big thing I went after was Sandworm Convergence was an idea I had to cut, but even then, that's still a really good card. I cut that as well, actually. It's, yeah, you block creatures with flying from attacking you, so, and, but you're not blue, so you can't, like, take flying, get, you know, give flying everything but yeah it's a good protection but uh, it's hard there's a lot of good options in here you really just have to feel out when you're building this what works for you and what doesn't because mm -hmm. uh, they're all good options it's just find what works for you <laughs> is that your way of saying you don't have a fifth cut <laughs> maybe false floor I mean the card's too damn hard to use yeah, we we were talking about that in a bit in uh, the Discord with Max. He found some cool stuff. I'm happy this was printed. I uh, think it'll be... The the thing with False Floor is I think what you do is you declare attackers and then activate it before to declare blockers and destroy anything that can block. Oh, no, it's activated only as a sorcery. Yeah, we tried... We thought about that. Um, so... Like, False Floor is probably the main thing I would cut, maybe an extra land, because you're playing a lot of ramp spells. Yeah. Um, but 
False Floor sounds counterintuitive in a deck where you're going to be making all of your opponent's attack uh, by goading them mm -hmm. with kit and stuff. And So the things you probably want to remove are probably never going to be uh, untapped with False Floor unless you're playing another degenerate card, Intruder Alarm. You can't even play it in this deck, though. Yeah, exactly. I guess you could at use Kit's ability. Like, the beginning of combat on your turn, tap all your creatures to go their stuff. Don't go to combat, and then activate False Floor. Or, like, you go to combat, but don't, like, attack with much, and then activate False Floor. Yeah. So you just... Anything you don't go, you just exile. Or no, even the stuff you go, you exile, because you do it on your turn still, just second main phase, and all of your stuff's tapped. Yeah. That's a good way to yeah. do it. Um, but yeah, I cut two lands to bring it to 36. Um, then I cut Sandward Convergence. I feel like just big creatures, like one big token a turn isn't what this deck wants to do. I think it wants to make like a bunch of small tokens each turn. Um, and then I cut Bloodthirsty Blade because I felt like it wasn't that efficient in this deck. Like you can goad one creature, but if I want to goad one creature... I can just tap two creatures and do it already with my commander. So I felt like that was a little unnecessary. Um, and then I cut Orzov Advocate because I felt like the need to make people not attack you is already fulfilled by your commander. For one, by um, goading a bunch of stuff. And by two, the fact that your token deck usually means you'll have a lot of blockers, so you don't really need to threaten people not to come at you. Yeah, and I agree with the Bloodthirsty Blade. Plus, it's activated as a sorcery. Mm -hmm. I do believe you can activate Kinto, Kit Kanto anytime. Uh, anytime on combat on each player's turn. Yeah. So, I mean, when you need to do it, you can. Bloodthirsty Blade, you only get to do it once on your turn. Yeah. Oh, and... you can't even... Yeah. Sorry, Sorry I was rereading Kit Kanto. It activates on each player's combat, and then you tap two creatures to go a creature that player controls and give it plus two, plus two. So you can't even activate Kit on your turn to do uh, false floor stuff. Because the only... Or I guess you can and goad your own creature. Make it wow. bigger. <laughs> yeah, make it bigger. Yeah, I guess it still kind of works. You get Sorry, to goad continue. one creature combat, so... Yeah. Limiting the number of creatures they can swing at you with is fine, but you go the biggest threat and you keep enough to deal with rest. Well, and you if can they're going go to wide, then you probably board wipe. <laughs> you can go as many creatures as you want, just only creatures for the person whose turn it is. No, I think you can only tap two creatures per combat. Oh, you're right. Huh, maybe Bloodthirsty Blade's better, then. Eh. But, yeah. still. You're probably just gonna be going wide and making a lot of big tokens anyways, so you're really mm -hmm. only goading serious threats. Like, an unblockable creature that has, uh, you lose a game or something. Yeah. Good thing nobody runs that card. <laughs> No reason why that would be in my mind. Yeah. 
Um, other than that, I thought maybe cutting Killer Service would be okay, because it's kind of like Sandward and Convergence, where it's like, you pay to sacrifice a token, make a 4-4, but I think since it comes down much earlier than Sandworm, it's a little better. Um, oh yeah, you get a lot more use out of it, for sure. Yeah, like, the 4-4s four are definitely better on turns 4, 5, and 6, and the 5-5s five are on turns, like, 7, 8, and 9. Yeah. I guarantee yeah. you they'll have an answer by then. <laughs> At least one. So, yeah, what uh, what did you put in the deck? Uh, well, this is going to sound a lot like uh, my first round, but a uh, generous gift. Really? Uh... I like being able to answer any kind of thing. And if in this kind of a deck where you're somewhat controlling, being able to get rid of the things that are preventing you from doing that are important. Yeah. You go this one, you gift that one, and protect yourself. No, definitely. Um, You're going to hear a couple things I say next. They're kind of the same thing. <laughs> P.S. Chaos Warp. Uh, that was my there. I did my two cards at once. Oh, ooh, yeah. So three mana removal spells, just all around good cards to have. Um, I put in Jetmir Nexus of Revels from Capenna. I was, he's pretty good. I think in our Capenna spoilers, when I went over him. I mentioned how he's probably a card you want to run, um, not as your commander, but as like a, something to surprise play down when you have a big board state and win. As a reminder, he's one red, green, white for a 5-4 legendary creature, Cat Demon. A creature you control get plus one, plus zero, oh, and have Vigilance, as long as you control three or more creatures. Creatures you control also get plus one, plus zero, oh, and have Trample, as, you can, as long as you control six or more creatures. And then creatures you control have plus one, plus zero, oh, and have Double Strike, as long as you control nine or more creatures. So if you have a board state of, like, 15-plus tokens, which isn't too unrealistic, I mean, you can cast March of Multitudes on the end step before your turn, then cast him on your turn. Um, you'll be giving your board plus three plus oh, trample, double strike, and vigilance. That probably just means you win the game, or at least eliminate the two biggest threats. Yeah, I can see that for sure. And that's it's synergy with what the deck's doing. You're putting out a bunch of stuff. And that goes right into my third slot, which was mm -hmm. Jenny Fay, Jetmere's second. Oh, this is great because that was my second slot. <laughs> <laughs> And if you would create one or more tokens, you may instead create that many 2-2 two, two green cat creature tokens with haste, or that many 3-1 green dog creature tokens with vigilance. So that gives you options in your token generation of being 1-1 one, one human citizens, 2-2 two, two cats with haste, or 3-1 dogs with vigilance. Like, having options on your token generation is amazing in this kind of a deck. Which, yeah, you've got that in, like, killer service, and outpost siege and things like that not outpost mm -hmm. siege uh the other felidar retreat yeah that's um, why i didn't mind cutting sandworm conversions because i'm not going to turn a 5-5 five five into a 2-2 two two, but i am going to put turn a bunch of 1-1s one into 2-2s two or 3-1s and with your idea of putting in jet mirror yeah that's right on board yeah i could definitely see like casting march of multitudes on the end step before your turn then on your turn, cast, like, Jetmir, Ginny Fey, make a bunch of... And then, like, some other token generation, turn them into tutus with haste, and just swing out for the win. Yeah. And for Ginny, it's any kind of token you make. Yeah. Are your opponents making you make clues? Yeah, I'll make... Oh, no, they're cats. <laughs> <laughs> the, the clue is that they're all cats. <laughs> Surprise. 
Um, I'm going to do two cards at once, because they're literally the same card, but Color Shifted, Anointed Procession, Parallel Lives. Uh, three in uh, green for Parallel Lives, three in white for Anointed Procession. Whenever you would create a token, create twice that many tokens instead. I don't think I need to explain why this is so great in a token-themed commander deck. Just literally doubles your efficiency. Yeah, and with everything else we've mentioned, well, everything mostly you've mentioned so far, and Jenny, <laughs> um, having more tokens is what this deck wants to do. Yeah. And along that line comes right to my fourth card, uh, Aura Shards. Every time one of these tokens come in, blow up a permanent or enchantment or artifact. Uh, that's great. Oh, you you made two tokens, but in, instead of treasures, you made clue. You made cats. Well, two cats came in as creatures, so aura shard triggers. You get to blow up two things. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah, no, aura shards is definitely great in any green white deck, really, but especially this one. Um, and then my last card is Smut, um, full name. Let's get her full name. Because there's a couple Smut cards. She ended up becoming a Planeswalker. Uh, Smut, Voice of Descent. Three red-green for a 3-4. Legendary creature, human warrior with flash, double strike, vigilance, haste. Other creatures you control have haste. Pay a white and tap her to untap another target creature you control. Um, surprise, I have a haste outlet on your opponent's end step is super powerful. Like, that's, like, the biggest strength with her. Um, being able to untap another creature you control, you can use that to maybe have a creature that taps to make tokens. Maybe you have a way to... Maybe you tap your creatures to goad something and you want to untap them. All in all, she's just really strong, but the main strength is definitely just flash other creatures you control with haste. Right on. Yeah. And so my last card... Ooh. It's going to kind of help us get there is uh it's a benefit to all our tokens and it helps us get more and it's Marari's Wake. Oh yeah. Oh, it's yeah. on it's actually, actually still get a good price. I was really surprised when I was double checking it. And uh it's enchantment, creatures you control get plus one plus one. Whenever you tap a land for mana, add one mana of any type that land produced. So when you're dropping those big X spells to make all these tokens, you're just gonna get more. Yeah. Yeah, Mirari's Wake is just a classic, powerful card. <laughs> I think this is really good in here. Um, other than that, um, other cards that like I didn't s specifically mention would be, uh, I believe, Secure the Outpost. Uh, MTG. Is that the card? Now I feel dumb because I can't remember it. Hold on one second. <laughs> it's okay to feel dumb sometimes. And if you haven't noticed, we're not mentioning, like, so far, like, a bunch of obvious cards like, uh, Smothering Tithe or, uh, Cyclonic Rip, like, yeah, if you want to play those and you have them, go ahead, but that's not necessary to make yeah, the deck we, do what it does. We assume if you know, if you have those cards, you know they're good, they should be put in there. <laughs> Secure the Wastes. Secure the waste. Um, X and a white for an instant. Create X one one white uh, warrior creature tokens. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. Um, really bonus bonus card for this deck. Um, Sigarda's summons. 
Yeah, no, definitely. If you've got tokens, their base, if anything has a plus one plus one counter, which is possible. I believe this deck had ways to do that. Um, if you've put in ways to get plus one plus one, you can make all your tokens base, all your creatures, four, four flying angels. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah, I also think in Ravnica Allegiance, there's another enchantment that says whenever you make a token, make a four, four instead. Um, oh, yeah, it's when it, you make it an angel instead. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> that would be good, too. What's the card called? <laughs> um, I think it's in my... Is I it, lose my mind. Is it in my Hazai Zone deck? I gotta look now. Now I have to know. <laughs> yeah. We can just mention it. It's, no, it it's, an, it's an enchantment. And it's not those. Uh, no, I, I don't have it in my. Uh, divine visitation, three white white enchantment. If one or more creature tokens would be put onto the battlefield under your control, create that many four four white angel creature tokens with flying and vigilance instead. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> like upgrades. <laughs> yeah. Which means oh, yes, people. if oh, you great. if you if you make this is Naya deck, so if you play your silly ass Dockside Extortionist and you're making ten treasure tokens, but you don't want treasure, instead you turn them into cats, and then you turn your cats into angels. Welcome to Capenna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, silliness, uh, silliness. With that, do you want to move on to the Riveteers? Yes, I do. <laughs> Uh, uh, P.S. My three cuts start with Thriving Lands. Um, again. Actually, in this yeah. deck had 39 lands, which was really crazy for a drum deck. And so I, I also cut, uh, like, the temples out of here. You heathen. I, I am, to be fair. Because I kind of liked all the other cards that were in here. You know, they kind of seemed like they worked. So I basically just doesn't have as many artifacts but it's got enough to get going mm -hmm. and the deck actually likes being tempo-y so it's like you're only going to be playing like one or two cards a turn you'll get there to the other ones eventually yeah cutting lands can hurt with some of your bigger things but if you're improving your rocks or whatever over time adding more it'll be alright it'll be okay you're playing ramp spells it can, no, it can work out. If you're at 35 lands, you're fine. <clears throat> 35 plus there's like five or six ramp spells in here. Maybe more. Yeah. So you'll get there. I think if you don't... I, I play 33, but that's because I have a decent amount of ramp artifacts and spells in most of my decks. Uh, obviously ramp artifacts in my decks that don't have access to spells that can play ramp um but and probably a generally lower <laughs> cur curve to begin with uh, I, I play reanimator so my curve is really weird <laughs> yeah it's like a decent amount of like one to three drops no real four or five drops and then a lot of six and up drops but in general for you like but, you're not paying eight for your big eight cost creature you're paying like four no 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 fuck <laughs> i could not be asked to cast 
a single creature for its CMC if it's more than three. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what were some of your cut thoughts or suggestions uh, to start off with? The three thriving lands to bring us down to 36 lands. Um, and then I cut Reign of Riches, because I... Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, three red red enchantment. When enters battlefield, create two treasures. The first spell uh, you cast each turn uh, that had mana spent from a treasure to cast it uh, has Cascade. I felt like pretty decent card, um, not really meant for this deck. I felt there wasn't enough treasure synergy to really justify it. So I, I think to be, this... to be fair, you basically would want to hold on to those two treasures until the next turn. Yeah. So you get nothing out of it that turn, except for, oh, wait, what was our conversation earlier? Paying five mana and losing a card from your hand and make two treasures? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, if somebody deals with this yeah. enchantment before it gets back to your turn... Well, hey, granted, it, you... says, it says each turn. Yeah. So there's that. But So you can start casting things on other people's turns, but this is a creature deck. You're not casting a lot of creatures on other people's turns. Exactly. That's like, not saying this card's bad. It just doesn't synergize very well. It's so almost counterintuitive. If you think about it as... Because it's the first spell you play that had mana spent from a treasure, not the first spell you each played each turn if mana was spent from a treasure that you cascade. So you can cast this for five mana, get the two treasures, immediately sacrifice them. You eventually spend three mana to have your next spell have cascade. And then throughout the game, if you have more treasures, maybe get some value off of it. But I feel like that's not really worth it. All in all, I think this I think this card is powerful, especially if you're playing a deck like Prosper. But I think this isn't the place for it. Yeah. Um, and my fifth and final cut was Turf War. I like this card. I just think it, it. You need to be playing a deck that really can synergize with what you're with what it does, and I feel like. I'm happy this card was printed, um, but I wouldn't won't be playing it in my Hensy deck. Uh, for those who don't know, four and a red enchantment when two or four enters the battlefield for each player, put a contested counter on target land that player controls. Whenever a creature deals combat damage to a player, if that player controls one or more lands with uh, contested counters on them, that creature's controller gains control of one of those lands of their choice and untaps it. So this is a way you can like steal somebody's glacial chasm, for example. Oh, but I think <clears throat> without, like, this is great if you're running fetch lands, right? You can play this, put the contested counter on your fetch land, crack it, get rid of it, put it your new land in place, steal somebody else's land. Um, but I just think it's not that great without, like, a plan around it. Right, it can probably bite you. Now, granted, it's kind of like Monarch in a way that it encourages people to hit the crap out of each other. Mm-hmm. And you are playing... This is basically a dash deck. So... Yeah. You're going to be able to sneak in when people... When you don't have really a board state. So it's not a bad thing. It's just expensive to start trouble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I think this card's hilarious as well. No, really cool card. Just... It's hard to... Yeah. When you could stabilize your deck more rather than... Uh, going off, to, uh, branching off really hard. I think, like, the dream is, like, you play this, steal three lands, cast, like, Reclamation Stage, blow up turf war. And then you spend Ooh. eight mana and two cards to steal three lands. So, like, even then, it's not that great. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I guess you've really only spent five mana because you can use the mana from the lands you stole to cast Rex Stage, so maybe it's not as bad, but yeah. What'd you add into the deck, though? Uh, well, my first card is not my typical removal cards. Um, that's that's coming later. But I actually went with Riveteer's Ascendancy first. Um, yeah. It's an enchantment, black, red, green. Whenever you sack a creature, you can return to our creature card with lesser mana value from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. Do this only once each turn. Okay, uh, you're dashing your creatures with this commander. And that means they're going to die. We're uh, going to sacrifice them. So, if you're dashing, you're sacking that creature, and then you're getting another creature to your hand. So, you're not only drawing a card, you're also replacing the one that you dashed. So, almost every single creature that you swing with, with the dash, becomes draw two. Mm -hmm. And that creates advantage in the inherent theme of this deck. Yeah. Boom. Like, that's... I That immediately, that was the first card that popped up in my head. No, definitely. So, uh, just to remind everybody, Blitz, the, the commander of this deck, I feel like this will be important because he's really weird. <laughs> um, each creature card with CMC4 greater in your hand has Blitz. It's Blitz cost equal to its mana cost. And then he says, Blitz cost, you pay cost one less for each time you've cast your commander from your commands on this game. Um, and then Blitz is, you can play the card for its Blitz cost at ETBs, it gains haste, sacrifice it at the beginning of the next end step. And draw a card. And draw a card. Yeah. Draw a card when it dies, not if you sacrifice it at the beginning oh, yeah, of the next yeah. end step. So if it dies during combat, you also get the card. Yeah. Yeah. But if you make it to the point where you're sacrificing because of the Blitz, the Ascendancy triggers, and it does really well. Yeah. So you pay four for a five-cost creature, and then when it when you sacrifice it, you get another four-less-cost creature from your graveyard and draw a card. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's a creature you put there last turn. Like, it's... I, I think that's a really smart include. Yeah, I would love to Blitz a Solemn Simulacrum to, uh... To get back, like, oh, I don't know, a, a Rex Age to blow up your turf for. <laughs> <laughs> um, my inclusion uh, was Myth Unbound, uh, which is two and a green for an enchantment. Your commander costs one less to cast for each time it's been cast from the command zone this game. When your commander is put into the command zone from anywhere, draw a card. Um, the reason I wanted this in the deck is because this deck really profits off of having its commander be played a bunch of times. Uh, like, if you get that, you really want to get that Blitz cost down, like, if you can have it, then... So the first time you cast them, they cost one less, and then each command tax, basically, is an additional time less. So your Blitz cost basically cast uh, your number of times your commander has died plus one less. Um, and with this, your commander can die a lot more uh, without you paying a bunch, and then you can, one, draw cards off of it, and two, get that reduction of Blitz down and start, like, slamming Eldrazi into play, for example, if that's what you want to do. <laughs> kind of like a weird Animar. Yeah. How... I, I'm going to say things like, how are we friends? Like, I imagine, like, every episode we talk about upgrading decks cards. <laughs> like, because 
you think of some degenerate stuff. You think of it in funny <laughs> ways, but still traumatizing, dude. <laughs> What's, you know, trauma is the spice of life. <laughs> but at least it's fun and cheeky sometimes. Yeah. Um, notably, Tori uh, Blitz does say you cast it for its Blitz cost, so you will still get those uh, Eldrazi cast effects as well. Only making the situation better in Josh's eyes, I know. <laughs> um, what did you have next? I actually went with uh, Rhythm of the Wild. Ooh. Creature Heart spells you control familiar. can't be countered. It's one agreed in a red enchantment. It makes it so your dashes can't be countered. And non-token creatures you control have riot. They enter the battlefield with your choice of a plus one, plus one counter, or haste. More so, importantly, this card has about 30 to 50 feral hogs on it. There is that. <laughs> and they're going through a city. Oh so, my god. Yeah. And now, I really like this card for this, because this gives you the option of, if you aren't in a position where your dash is going to benefit you because you lose a creature afterwards... You could just normal cast it and still mm -hmm. have haste. <clears throat> or you make yeah. it bigger when you do dash it. And it can't be countered. P.S. I like not no. being countered. That's a thing. <laughs> like, I mean, it's something you have to worry about. Like, not everybody is this kind of a person as Josh who doesn't run counter spells. Uh, most people are jaded like me and are like, well, if my cards aren't going to resolve, neither are yours. Um... <laughs> But yeah, I think, yeah, Rhythm of the Wild is just, if you're running a gruel creature deck, you should probably put this in there. I need to put this in some of my decks. Yeah, it's, there's almost no reason not to. Yeah. It's, basically, it's like a three-mana thing that sits in the field and says, your best creatures can't be countered. Which, people play spells to stop counter spells, why not play an enchantment that doesn't? Yeah. Plus, you get haste. <laughs> Haste Silence was so good. Um, My next card is kind of a two-for-one, taking up the same spot this time, just to make it even more confusing. Um, Phyrexian Reclamation and Tortured Existence. So Phyrexian Reclamation is a one-black enchantment uh, that, gives, that has the activated ability for one and a black and pay two life, return target creature from your graveyard to your hand, Tortured Existence is a one-black enchantment, and you can pay a black, choose and discard a creature card, return target creature from your graveyard to your hand. <coughs> so, because Blitz means the creature goes to your graveyard, uh, having a way to bounce it back to your hand is really good. Um, I prefer Phyrexian Reclamation, um, in this deck specifically, um, with the cuts we're making, because there's not much reanimator effects, so there's like Victimize that comes in the base deck. But Tortured Existence, if you end up putting a Reanimator package in this deck, which I would strongly recommend, could be even better. Because you can bring back, like, you could, like, Blitz out Phyrexian Delver, reanimate a creature, end step, sacrifice your Phyrexian Delver on your next turn. Tortured Existence, discard a creature you want to reanimate, return Phyrexian Delver to your hand, Blitz out Phyrexian Delver, reanimate the creature you just discarded to return Phyrexian Delver. So in a less degenerate synergy, um, <laughs> uh, that card also goes really well with Riveteer's Ascendancy. Yeah. Because you dash out a creature, it 
dies or sacrifice, and you get the creature, a land of the creature, back to your hand from your graveyard, and then you could use the uh, tortured existence to get back the creature you dashed, so you can keep dashing the same creature that you like. Yeah. Nice. Uh, a, uh, I think I'm going to dash out Ulamog. Uh, exile two permanents. Uh, you exile the oh. top 20 cards of your deck, he goes to my <laughs> graveyard. Uh, <laughs> and then next turn I'm going to do it a fucking again. <laughs> yeah, this, this is, is what you why get. why we kill Brian first. This is what Watsy gets for not putting the shuffle effect on the new Titans. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. play him three times a game. Oh, cash triggers. So brutal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it's even that. You get the cash trigger. Even if they counter it, which they can't with uh, uh, Rhythm, Rhythm of the, the Wild, uh, you're like, well, that counter, you stopped it from hitting. I'm just going to discard this other creature to get it back and try again. Yeah, Tortured Existence seems super good in this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, so, uh, I'll go to my third card. Uh, Beast Within. So you can blow up other people's Riveteer Ascendancies and Rhythms of the Wild. <laughs> and Tortured Existence. <laughs> yeah. Nah, exactly. <clears throat> um, my third card is Phyrexian Delver, which I mentioned. Um... Three black black for a three two um, Phyrexian horror. Um, ETB uh, return a creature from your graveyard to the battlefield. You lose life. You go to CMC. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> yeah, being able to dash it out and swing with it, so you get to swing with it and you get a creature back too. That's really good. Yeah, like then you draw a card because mm. you graveyard and then it does not stay in your graveyard because lord knows nothing does in fucking these colors <laughs> that takes us to my fourth card which I think helps with some of the sacrifice mechanics and trying to get back value out of what you're doing and I went with ruthless technomancer because <laughs> ruthless technomancer four cost creature and when it enters play, you sacrifice a creature and you gain treasures equal to its, uh, is it CMC or power? I'm, oh, I'm, I believe it's power. Down. Double checking. Yeah, you get a number of treasures equal to a creature you sacrifice power. And then you can pay three, two and a black, sacrifice X artifacts to return to our creature of power X less from your graveyard to the battlefield. X can't be zero. Now, it's a four-cost creature, which means you can dash it out for three. Uh, so, and dash, as far as I know, is instant speed. Blitz? No. Uh, I don't believe so. I can double Oh, you, can, you still cast it as a creature. Never mind. But still, yeah. uh, you can blitz the, the Technomancer for three. Um... You get back, you kill one of your big creatures that, um, for whatever reason, to get more mana, and draw cards, basically. So you're building up. It doesn't do you much as a attacking creature, but if someone, like, pacifies or neuters one of your big creatures, you pop it, get a bunch of mana, and then then, then you have all this mana that you can dash with, dash other creatures with. Yeah. 
the the big thing too is like you can also just like blitz out a big creature attack with it it doesn't die in combat then cast this because it's gonna die on your end step anyways you get to draw a card because of blitz and then you make a bunch of treasures yep <laughs> like if you have a way to benefit off of a creature dying that's like good in this deck because the creature was already gonna die at end step if you blitz it right and this also can give you sideways options of getting things back especially because we're in the right colors and it's a very expensive card but you could sack a big creature and to get lots of treasure and then reanimate a dockside to get even more and then and then dash out a shit ton more creatures from your hand yeah dude <laughs> Turns out Dockside and Ruthless Deck Nomancer are really fucking good. <laughs> What's better than treasures? More treasures. How was that obvious to us, but not Watsy? <laughs> yeah. Oh, because they're greedy, just like people who hunt treasures. Got it. Some good womp, old treasure. Womp. <laughs> um, my next card um, is Strands of Night. Um... Yeah, more reanimator. Why am I not surprised? <laughs> I, I don't think you're in the pot. I want a game with Strands of Night by sacrificing every single one of my lands. <laughs> my my board state was one creature was Gary and an Ashdod's altar. <laughs> in Strands of Night. Oh um, God. No, I, I see it. Yeah. I just kept activating this. <laughs> uh Strands of Night, uh two black black for an enchantment. You can pay black black and sacrifice a swamp return a creature from your graveyard to the battlefield <laughs> yep. um, not sorcery speed so you can blitz out your big creature hit him with it um, it dies pay two black return it to the battlefield right really really good especially if that creature blitzes and brings you more lands yeah like a solemn simulacrum or a primeval titan if that wasn't banned. Like, okay, now that's really funny because if you think about it, Solemn Simulacrum, it comes in, gets you a land, um, it's going to die to draw you a card, and then you're going to sack a land to bring it back into play to get another land. I think I think the play is you get a Ashnod's Altar and uh, Amulet of uh, Vigor. And uh, Strands of Night. You bring back Solemn. Oh, and something in like uh, something that doubles your land taps. So let's say uh, Crypt Ghast. Bring back Solemn. Sacrifice Solemn. Do this until you get all the swamps out of your deck. If you have an Urborg, you can do it until you get all your basics out of your deck. Then you, then you go and reanimate World Shaper. Sacrifice and bring all the lands you sacrifice back into play. Wow. <laughs> It's yeah, actually they... not a terrible line. Only yeah. problem is is making sure that you're getting swamps because otherwise you're going to run out of ways to pay for the strands of night because oh, Ashdod's only airborne. gives you colorless. I was more thinking of how to use all that colorless mana. Oh, I mean, you just have the colorless mana floating. But I say if you have Urborg and Crypt Gas, that pays for the strand. Each land ET being pays for the strands of night. Cause of, oh, God, uh, yeah. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, no, that's cool. 
Um, yeah. um, and then you just have all this colorless man to blitz out stuff. <laughs> was, was that your last card for the gen? No, yeah. no, I have one more. Do you? Uh, do you have another card? I have one more. Yeah. Um, then go for your. So, my fifth one is uh, professional face breaker. Um, God, what a fucking card name. <laughs> right? Uh, it's two and a red, two, three, uh, human warrior menace. Uh, whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage to a player, you create a treasure token. Uh, sacrifice a treasure, exile the top card of library, you may play that card this turn. The big thing here for me is it says play. It doesn't say yeah. cast. So, if it's a creature, that creature is going to have your dash, right? Um, uh, I mean, Blitz, yeah. Each creature yeah. card you cast. Um, so, yeah, you're going to be able to Blitz creatures from the top of your deck. Yeah. That's or fucking great. Lands. No, this card's super good. Especially when you're playing aggression and you're going to be going. Why not? Oh, fuck it. Get him. That was my last card. Uh, my last card is Blood for Bones. Uh, <laughs> it's a reanimation card. Uh, three to black. Sorcery. As additional cost to cast a spell, sacrifice a creature. Return a creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield, then return another creature card from your graveyard to your hand. <laughs> so, you can <laughs> so you can blitz out a big creature, attack with it, Blood for Bones, sacrifice it, return... <laughs> Rich. <laughs> so if anybody hasn't caught on yet to an underlying theme in everything that Brian does, if at all possible, Brian will attempt to reanimate this. And then you can return Fraxian Delver, bring back the big creature you blitzed into play and sacrifice blood for bones, and then you get another big creature to your hand that you can blitz into play next turn. <laughs> But if you if you have Phyrexian Reclamation in your hand, you bring the Phyrexian Delver to your hand so you can play it again with Blitz so it dies at end of turn. You still get the reanimation, and then you can Phyrexian Reclamation it back to your hand. <laughs> uh, yeah, it does the thing. And it does the Brian thing. For sure. Um... Maestros. Wow. wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take a quick second here. I'm going to go refill my coffee real quick. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and we will hop on to the Maestros train and see how you did reanimator in that. No, no, I didn't do reanimator for this one. <laughs> <laughs> I promise. I promise. I might have. <laughs> there is no escape from reanimator. <laughs> we will not stop.
Okay, sorry about that. I am back with coffee and Cheetos popcorn. Let's go. (laughs) I know. It's like, what? (laughs) It's 2 p.m. It's it's your own damn house. That's what it is. You you, you, you want. (laughs) Right? All right. Um... What cuts did you have for uh, for our good old Maestro deck? Uh-huh. Uh, well, this one didn't have as many lands as the others, so thriving, thriving, thriving. Uh, <laughs> we knew this was coming. I warned you all a couple weeks ago. Um, I'm trying to remember, because like I said, I lost a lot of my stuff here. Um... Cutting stuff out of here was really hard uh, because everything kind of plays into the theme, which I really liked about this. Yeah. And I you're really I, cutting the cards that just did it worse, not didn't do it at all. I think I cut Rain of the Pit. Um, I think that's good. And I don't know, like. Uh, <laughs> Everything else is really good. <laughs> like, <laughs> maybe just take your biggest spell. Um, even that's still a bad thing because of how this deck works. I don't know. Blood Soak Champion, maybe? Because, uh, eh, no, that's even good. Like, ah, it's hard. No, I like this deck. <laughs> like, it was hard to cut cards. So finding my replacements would be really interesting. Maybe the Spellbinding Soprano? I can see that. Me? <laughs> oh, totally. Um, I cut two Thrivings to bring it to... Oh, no, one Thriving to bring it to 35. Um, then I cut Cyrix, because I felt like it was good in the deck, but maybe not that great. Definitely a good card to have printed, and I'm happy for anybody who likes Phoenix Tribal but not really something I think uh, we need too much. Uh, then I got Smuggler's Buddy, Buggy, because I felt like it was a little too slow and kind of a little too combat-oriented for the stack. Um, after that, I cut a Determined Iteration. Um, it just felt weird, the Populate stuff. Like, I guess it gives you tokens to sack, but I felt like it was pretty easy to do that already um and then i mm-hmm. cut a little chat just because i felt like there were better i i was thinking about it for a bit and i think i preferred anticipate over a little chat yeah i was trying to keep as many kapena cards as i could but like yeah i think the buggy the thriving lands and the the soprano would probably be the ones i would go after first yeah but a little chat even with it already having casualty yeah, that'd probably the one I'd pop to. Yeah. Uh, additionally, I know you're going to hate me. I think Parnassi is a decent cut from this deck if you want to go full in Hello stuff. I think Parnassi makes a great separate commander deck. Yeah, I really like her, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she's not as beneficial in this as she could be, I think. Mm hmm. Um. Do you want to do uh, this deck? 
do our five cards all at once, because mine is kind of like a package I put in, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, we can do that. Yeah. Um, so the the first card I put in, it actually helps with what the deck does, and it's uh, Nightscape Familiar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so blue spells and red spells you cast cost one less. It's a creature. You can regenerate it. It doesn't help if you have to sack it for casualty, but unlike the Soprano, it doesn't have to attack to do its ability. Um, my next three um, were removal spells, uh, Reality Shift, and Chaos Warp, and Vandal Blast. Uh, because you need to blow up stuff. Um, but my last card, it's kind of a popular card, but with the way this deck works, it could really pinch, and, and it's Underworld Breach. <laughs> Which is an enchantment that lets you cast spells from your graveyard as if they had escape and exile cards from your graveyard to cast them. That's really good when you're bringing creatures back or making casting spells that give you tokens and using those tokens for casualty. So, like, yeah, Army of the Damned has flashback. So what about your other <laughs> spells that make bunches of tokens that don't have flashback, right? You mm-hmm. know, like Dread yeah. Summons. That's a good point. Um, overall, I think this... I think... Uh, what's it called? The deck also just does a good job at filling the graveyard, so it won't have a problem with the Underworld Breach exile three cards in addition. Uh, yeah, so that was my reanimator spell of the day, except I'm reanimating <laughs> spells. Yeah. So I did two separate five-card packages. Um, oh, so I can go over the first one first, um, and that would be Capture of Jing Zhao, Temporal Manipulation, Time Warp, Walk the Aeons, and Cards Temporal Sundering. <laughs> so, <laughs> this package is for a deck I brought up last, uh, when we went over these. Um, I think this deck's fucking stupid, but, um, basically, um... You, your first smelly sure has casualty two, and the thing you cast with the casualty two are extra turn spells. You copy them, you take two extra turns. It's really good. Um, your friends are going to hate you, and you can't really blame them for hating you. Um, <laughs> but then again, I play Edric turns as my high-level commander deck, so, you know. <clears throat> um, it's good. It'll, it'll be a fine deck, I think. Uh, we'll have to see if it's better than Edric Turns, but if you want to play like a... I w- I, I'm hesitant to call it CDH, but I think that is the environment it'll be the most accepted in. Depending on your friend group, you'll have to talk to them. Um, um, and in my friend group, um, Brian is slowly declining in this <laughs> in this, the stack as we're talking. Uh, um... <laughs> um the other package I brought in was kind of a zombie package. So the great thing about zombie tokens is they're almost all tutus, meaning they'll be casually friendly. So I put in Curse of Relentless Dead, which is two and a black for an enchantment or a curse enchant player. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under enchanted player's control, create a two-two black zombie creature token with decayed um, something to sack. Uh, I then put Open the Graves which is three black black for an enchantment. Whenever a non-token creature control dies, create a 2-2 black zombie creature token. Um, this is good, so you can, like, sacrifice Bloodsoak Champion, 
to casualty, get a 2-2, two -two, have something to just attack with next turn or to get Bloodsoaked Champion back, or just have something again to sack for... Uh, casualty. Casualty, yeah. Um, other than this, I put in Liliana Death's Majesty, who mm. is three black-black for a Planeswalker, um, who starts with five loyalty, plus one, create a two-two zombie creature token, mill two cards, uh, minus three, return to our creature card, I lied, there's reanimator now that I think about it, return to our creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield, that creature is a black zombie in addition to its other colors and types, and then seven, destroy all non-zombie creatures. Basically, she if she is in play on your turn, you are guaranteed to have something to sack to casualty. Yeah. Um, and then other than that, I put in Gravecrawler, because I think uh, if you have a zombie, you can pay one and all and basically casualty just because instead of having casualty two, they say they cost one more mana and uh, can be, uh, what's it called? Ca uh, duplicated. Um, and I put in Crowded Crypt as a win condition. I actually really like this card. This was from the uh, Will Help um, pre-con. Um, it's two and a black for an artifact. Uh, tap, add black, so it's a mana rock. Whenever a creature you control dies, put a counter, a charge, a corpse counter on Crowded Crypt, and pay four black black, tap, sacrifice it, um, create a number of 2-2 two, two zombies e with decayed equal to the corpse counter. So it can win the game, basically. Yeah, it yes it enough. can. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. So that's why I kind of wanted to talk about it as a uh, group of things. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. No, yeah. that makes sense. Um, yeah, I kind of like that. Mine are kind of yeah. just generic. Like, these just help you in most situations for this deck. But no, that was that's a good package. Like, I like what you did there. Like, yeah. Enhancing the amount yeah. of token generation for the zombies and casualty out the gate. Yeah. No, I, I definitely think in is interesting. Um because you want to have, like, consistent creature generation, but then you also are a spell slinger deck at heart. So I, I, I think I really like his design. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I felt it would be wrong not to mention the extra turn synergy. <laughs> yeah, anytime you can copy spells, yeah. extra turns are the most rude to counter. So yep. yeah, of course Brian would think of that. In a reanimator deck. <clears throat> we know what your real plan is. <laughs> Listen, and Hello Reanimator looks sick. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say a really fun card to do this with is if you're building like an Aristocrats in Hello, and then you casualty a living death. <laughs> Let's go! <laughs> <laughs> uh, imagine pew, imagine pew, pew, pew. <laughs> you you play, <laughs> you pay five mana for a Phyrexian uh, Delver. Reanimate a creature. Then you cast Reanimate on another creature. Sacrifice your Phyrexian Delver. Reanimate two creatures. One of them returns Phyrexian Delver from your graveyard to your hand. You just keep, and then one of them's Raza cast. You sacrifice your two tokens that you got from Grave Titan, and then go tutor up more Reanimate. It's, ah. Oh. Stop. He's a sack outlet, and he doubles my reanimator spells? God, I gotta run this card. Ugh. <laughs> but, uh, it looks like we have one last deck left. 
and <laughs> I didn't put a single reanimator card in here, I swear to God. Mm-hmm. I, pr- I promise, I promise. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when I looked at this list, um, it's another one of those decks where the cards make a lot of sense for it, in a way. And mm-hmm. this is the Broker's deck, which is Bant, um, and it is... I actually wasn't able to cut Thriving Lands from this deck because they didn't put any in. Um, so there was that. Uh, so instead, I gifts is already here too. <laughs> yeah, there's that. So I, I went ahead and I, I cut the Vivid Lands. Um, yeah. Because the other rest of the lands are pretty good. Like, no, definitely. The, the rest of the mana bases are great. I think they started throwing in worse lands just because they're like, well, why not? Um and the other cards that I really thought about cutting was, like, there's just not a lot of things that I don't see some possible synergy. Just, it's really going to be one of these things. It's like you just find, for me, what doesn't seem to work for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think or even Oracle's Vault and Midnight Clock are great cards in here. Um, like, I like, just cut what you don't like. Like, the suggestions I'm going to go work with almost all the cards in here. I yeah. remember having a really good list of things to swap out. But like I said, I was cleaning my desktop and I accidentally deleted my notes. And I'm just glad I had my cuts written down somewhere else. Not my, not my cuts, my actual swap ins. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, well, what kind of cards would you cut? And then... Uh, firstly, the three Vivid Lands. <laughs> um, and then you mentioned Oracle Vault, and I, I can't think of it. I, I think it is good, and there is synergy. I think it's just too much upfront cost for that synergy. Um, and to get there with its ability. Um, and then other than that, I think this deck is hard to cut from, and I think Commander Sphere is just a little too slow. You're you're in green blue, so three mana to ramp one. Isn't yeah, I was I was kind of gonna go with the Urban Evolution as my other card too. Yeah. Um, yeah, you draw three, but still five mana. Like uh, you can yeah. find other cards to do similar in these colors. I personally prefer Urban over Commander Sphere, but definitely I think I uh, probably both <laughs> for me. Yeah. Just because. Mm. So, but yeah, what did you uh, what did you slot in here? So a couple of my cards I put in here uh, makes sense why I didn't really have a good thought on what to cut because these cards have good synergy. Um, the first one, uh, yet again, um, the ascendancy for the brokers. Um, I find a lot of the ascendancies work really well with the commander of that color combo and mm-hmm. much like the, the lands that came out this set weren't in here um so it's blue white green uh it's an enchantment at the beginning of your end step you put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control and a loyalty counter on each planeswalker you control cool that's pretty good so all of your stuff's getting counters because that's what this deck likes uh the next ones i pulled out were Beast Within. Ha! Didn't think I'd get it in there. Um, Reclamation Sage. 
and <laughs> Myst- Mystic Snake. Yeah. Um, Mystic Snake, it's a creature, it's a counter, and it can be really good for this situation. And there you go, you know? And it gives you options. you got to protect your board state in this deck, for sure. Um, now, my last card is the Coup de Gras of my list for this, why it's so hard to pick anything, because what it does is so good. And there's even cards with this effect in the deck, and it's Inexorable Tide. And I, I love this card. And in this deck, you're giving out shield counters. Let's proliferate them. You're giving out uh, divinity counters or whatever else you sneak in here. Let's proliferate them. I mean, if you're going to have counters, get fucking counters. Yeah. <laughs> go big or go home. And even though the deck likes to have however many unique counters, why not? There's no reason not to have more of them. Yeah. But that's my five. It's like, just keep doing more of what the deck does with some protection. Yeah. Um, my five cards. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to also mention a six card real quick. Because uh, oh, no. you mentioned, uh, <laughs> you mentioned uh, Inexorable Tide. I think this is really funny with it. Um, <laughs> Magistrate Scepter. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, why uh, not? Because tap. you want to do extra turns. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, the secret is they're all extra turn decks. Uh, Ford tap, put a charge counter on Magistrate Scepter, remove three charge counters from Magistrate Scepter, uh, and tap it. Uh, take an extra turn after this one. Uh, so if you can proliferate, there is the artifact in the stack already that puts charge counters on stuff. You can start taking some mean extra turns. <laughs> but, uh, and every time you cast a spell, you proliferate. So you just got to get one on there, then start casting things on these extra turns you have, <laughs> and just keep fueling it. Mm-hmm. I definitely think it's a little more meme because you need both of those cards in play, and both of these cards are cards that are going to get blown up if you play them by themselves. Absolutely. But that's like, that should be like half of, that's a half of most people's decks nowadays anyways. Yeah. Because power creep is real. And you really do want to blow up half of everything people play, like, immediately. Huh. Well, if you and, think about it, why would I put it in my deck if it isn't worth getting blown up? Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Synergy. Uh, <laughs> my, uh, my first actual card, though, is similar to Next World Tide. It's Contagion Engine. Um, when it ETBs, you put a minus one, minus one counter on each creature target player controls, and then you can pay it's six mana for an artifact. And you can pay four and tap it, proliferate, then proliferate again. Uh, so oh, yeah. Like, oh, it's it's disgusting. Yeah, a control element while still helping yours. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't think of that. No, that's awesome. I like it. Yeah. It's an extra tide for the other kind of asshole. <laughs> <laughs> it's an extra tide, but you also get to shrink somebody's board and most likely eventually kill their board. Yeah, put minus two, minus two on all their stuff. That seems like a good thing. Yeah. Um, after that, I have Armorcraft Judge. Ooh, excuse me. Uh, three and a green for a 3-3 three, three Elf Artificer. When it ETBs, draw a card for each creature you control with a plus one, plus one counter on it. What? Um, I think plus one, plus one counter synergy is definitely a way to go with this deck. I think there, you run, like, a couple ways to give, like, 
odd odd counters for stuff, and then a lot of synergies for one one counters is the route you want to go. Um, at least in my mind. Yeah. Uh, and then this is just a great payoff. It gives you a bunch of card draw. I've played this in Abzan counters. I've played it in green white and mono green counters, and it's worked wonders. Um. And then, it's pretty similar to my next card, Inspiring Call. Uh, two and a green for an instant. Draw a card for each creature you control with a plus one plus one counter on it. Those creatures gain a destructible until they turn. Um, so, this lets you save your stuff without shield counters. It lets you prevent your shield counters from getting blown up, so you can keep stealing people's stuff with the, uh... Where is he? With the shield broker. Um... But yeah, I think I think uh, Inspiring Call is going to be great since you're a creature-based deck and it gives your creatures indestructible. Yeah. Um, after that, I have Nissa, Voice of Zendikar. One green green for a Planeswalker. Uh, three loyalty. Um, plus one, create a zero one plant creature token. Uh, minus two, put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control. That's the main reason I have it in here as a, just like an easy way to give everything a counter, and then potentially get that effect again. And then minus seven, uh, you gain X life and draw X card where X is the number of lands you control. If you can get there, that's great, but I think you want to be using its minus two a lot. Um, do you have a guess for my last card, Josh? In a Bant deck? Mm. Yes. Well, it's very hard to slip in the game, except for maybe... Oh, it wasn't printed in this deck. Sun Titan. No, no, no. Um, it's my favorite creature type, Vorinclex, Monstrous Raider, Phyrexian Trader. That creature type, dick. To be fair, this Vorinclex is, is, isn't that mean on hurting other people. Um... Four green green for six six with trample and haste. If you would put one or more counters on a permanent or player, put twice that many of each of those kinds of counters on that permanent or player instead. If an opponent would put one or more counters on a permanent or player, they put half that many of each of those kind of counters on that permanent or player instead. Rounded down. So yeah, it's just good. It doubles your stuff. If they try to start shrinking your stuff, it halves what they're doing. But mostly it doubles your stuff and just is a big beater. Just a great card for the deck, all in all. Yeah, it's... <laughs> it can be abusive and rude. And honestly, I mean, if you look at it, like, these five decks, despite the disparaging their strategies, uh, all of them have some synergy with counters in ways. Like, connive, and I think the only one that doesn't really care as much is the Maestros, but yeah. I think almost a deck, a card you could put in any of these decks besides that one, would be the Ozolith. Yeah, I definitely think it would be a little weird in the Cabaretti and Riveteer one, but, like, you could do it, for sure. Actually, in the Riveteer... Your creatures are going to die. So, I mean, uh, and if you had out the Rhythm of the Wild, you're going to dash, get a plus one, plus one counter. It's going to die. Mm. You're going to store that plus one, plus one counter. That's a good point. <laughs> you can do it. It's just 
it's weird. But it's a yeah. it's a really strong card, uh, and I didn't I did my best not to suggest a lot of expensive cards. My thing because when you buy a precon, you want to upgrade because most of the places you get it are going to try and overpriced charging for it because the cards in there are such good value you're not going to have if you're just trying to build a deck for under 150 you're only going to have like 50 bucks left or to 80 bucks left you know to upgrade it so if you're doing it with just 10 cards you know if you take each of our suggestions in most cases you'll be able to do that or you'll find something extremely similar for cheaper or a little bit more if you've got the budget and go from there you know Mm -hmm. no definitely I think uh being able to branch out not that pricey. I think a lot of the cards you mentioned are good recommendations because they're cards people will be able to play um, in other decks, too, if they like decide they don't like their precon anymore and they want to branch out. Yeah, and, and it's, you can almost change up the precon just as normal by switching out one of the legendaries that either was in Capenna or in the deck because uh, the Capenna commanders, that the legendaries that weren't in these decks, are amazing legends yeah like all in all, like like we said last episode i think uh watsy did a really good job with these commander decks um from a new player perspective and made while still making them exciting for returning players i think these are like one of the if i had to recommend a commander deck like to a friend who was getting into the game and i was like hey you know uh pick up a commander deck uh uh, these would be one of the, some of the ones I recommend or, like, show them to, like, as a good example. Because in the past, there's been some commander decks with, like, really weird mechanics, like experience counters that aren't really intuitive that I think are great commander decks for commander players, but I think not great entry points into commander. And I think these are a great example of a good entry point. Like, because outside of, like, Angelo having some weird um, interactions, for the most part, they're pretty straightforward while still having, like, deep lines of play for somebody to discover. Yeah, and like, I like how these decks do give that option to start at one point and branch out, but I also feel like Capenna as itself presented another option for that as well. And in very, in a somewhat unique way. Uh, I know you noticed that each of the families has a three-color commander, with hybrid symbols. And yeah. out of those hybrid symbols, you could build them as a monocolor commander, a two-color, <laughs> or a three-color. Yeah. And I feel like those would have been really cool as commanders or in these commander decks. Like um, Evelyn. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, she's red, black, 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 uh, blue. Right? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, very playable is black, or black, red, or black, blue. Or the full Grixis thing. But as you're building up, you can expand your colors as you're improving your collection and change the deck that way. Like, I really think those commanders are really cool. Like, yeah. I think the set is done really well to allow for an entry point. Um, you know, like you look at the the cost of these decks and they're 
pretty good. Like mm-hmm. they're the cost of the individual cards kind of line up to what the decks do, and they make for a pretty value purchase. Obviously, right now, I still think Obscura is the biggest value you could buy for single cards. Mm-hmm. Coming in at, uh, even on Moxfield, it's showing a 123. You know? Jeez. Yeah, that most of that's probably because of Smuggler's Share uh, being ridiculous itself. Like, that's the big card in mm-hmm. the in the Obscura deck, is Smuggler's Share. Which that card is absurd. Like, yeah, it's ridiculous. And when you look at the Cabaretti, it doesn't really have any cards that are really big on price. But, you know, the deck's still worth a hundred bucks. And almost all the cards, like, oh, one second. I'll resort this and see. And I know there's one that was in there. Uh, yeah, there we go. Grand Crescendo, one of the new cards. Basically, it's like that. That's one of the big token maker spells. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, let's go. <laughs> no, exactly. I think all in all, the uh, like even for a returning player, if you're just looking for like a value buy, this is worth it. But, any of them. Uh, any of them. And then obviously for a uh, new player, any of these like as long as they're worth more than forty, they're worth it. Um. As long as it's worth more than you're paying. Exactly. Um, But that's really only for a new player. For for a player who's been playing for a while and already has cards, like, you know, a bunch of $2 cards isn't that big of a deal for them, especially if they're not going to use them. But for somebody who's just starting out, those are a big deal because, you know, they're going to... They need a commander deck to play commander, so they'll have to buy all that chaff. And this is a great place to get it all at once. Um... Yeah, and if you're a new, if you're an older player and you only want these for like one card and you have like everything else, like get that one card out of the deck exactly and give it to somebody. Like say, hey, <laughs> I I just wanted this one card and it was the value of the deck for me. I, you know, here you go. Yeah, is there a card that's currently worth? Because uh, I don't even think Smuggler's uh, share is worth forty. No, it's cash. it's currently at uh, 26. It's the biggest value card out of all of these pre-cons. Mm-hmm. But I was more going like, hey, look, if you just bought a $90 pre-con just to get an $80 Dockside Extortionist, <laughs> yeah. you're, you probably have the rest of those cards. Like, mm-hmm. get another player in. Yeah, like, I still cannot believe Dockside is fucking so expensive. Yeah, it's... it's it's they better uh, put it in Baldur's Gate. I swear to God, they better either reprint that card or ban it. I don't think it's going to be nearly as much of a problem as everything else. But that's just me. I I still think it's bad, but it's not the problem really. Eh, I think it's a pretty big problem. There's other fast mana that makes it more abusable, but yeah. It's an issue. Yeah. Treasure floods are an issue. It's it's kind of a, hey, look, we have an issue in our economy. Don't print more money. 
keep printing more money. Just give it to me. Give it all to me. <laughs> yeah, that's that's no no. <laughs> but no, overall, I think these decks are really cool. They're they feel easy to upgrade the way you want for how you want to play. Mm-hmm. And they're adjustable. It's probably the best set of five precons that actually are seem pretty balanced. Like if they all sat down at a table with each other, with yeah. not not considering player level or politics, but they can go. You know. No, definitely. And there's obvious upgrades, so you don't feel bad when you pull particular cards out. And when I say obvious upgrades, I mean obviously cards that are looking at the deck and you're like, why? Why is this card printed when for the last 10 years there's been cards that nobody wants to play that are better than this? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thriving, thriving Lands. If you think Thriving Lands is good for your deck... You're wrong. <laughs> uh, pl- play it. Play it. And I hope to get a lot of games in, and as a player, you experience, you find something else. Because I guarantee you, it's not. Yeah. But yeah, with, uh, with that, I, uh, I don't think we have anything else planned for today, do we? Or am I, or am I completely spacing? Oh, uh, no, we didn't have anything really planned for today. Um, out of all these pre-cons, which one's your favorite? Oh, fucking River Tears by far, dude. <laughs> I'm gonna play some degenerate ass fucking reanimator shit. Why am <laughs> I not surprised? I gotta play some reanimator <laughs> stuff. I'm gonna take a bunch of like less than one minute turns for the entire game, and then I'm gonna take like one 35 minute turn. <laughs> and hopefully win that turn, right? Uh, maybe. <laughs> God, That's less guy. important. <laughs> I'll either win or die. I think my favorite precon is probably the Maestros. Because yeah, it's, it feels the difference from all the rest of them. Yeah. And it stands out. It's got that unique feel. Kind of like when Anji Falconrath came out. You know, it was so different from the other precons that I was, I loved it. That's yeah, what's, right uh... I like copying spells. It's kind of fun. You know, you get value out of your stuff. Um, out of the out of all the commanders that are of the legends that are not in these decks, which one would you take to swap out with the Riveteers first? Uh, it's either Beamtown or actually go back to Obscure and play the voting commander. But it's definitely Beamtown's so cool. I feel you on that. <laughs> yeah, I would probably. For the Grixis, I probably would end up playing Evelyn, because while you love playing Reanimator and getting your stuff out really fast and cheap, I really like playing other people's cards and getting them out <laughs> super fast and cheap. So turning every time I play her or a vampire into stealing people's cards, yeah, okay, that's that's my jam. Like, and I can play her mono black, yeah, buddy. By the way, Timothar is getting replaced. I'm just saying. Yeah. The Baron um, of Bats is like, he's... Poof! Sorry, this is going to be the Baron of Stealing your shit. Yeah, Timothar is interesting. I think I might put him in a deck, but I doubt I'll probably... If I'll build a deck with him. Yeah, he's cool. In a way. Like, he has his purpose, but you have to build for that purpose. 
in itself mm-hmm. to really profit off of it. But yeah, no, I mean, this is a really good set. It's, it's clearly, while I'm sure people in Standard are liking it, by the way, it's apparently the Obnixilis meta. Um, it's Josh's time to come back to Standard. <laughs> absolutely not, because my favorite card is going to cost me 50 bucks a pop. Hell is, no! Is he really that much right now? I don't even know, but I'm pretty sure. Let's find out. Uh, 25. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Yeah, but you know what you're going to need to play the Obnixilis? Four. <laughs> Probably actually you're, only You're going to need Meathook Massacre. <laughs> is Meathook yeah. even standard playable? I thought it was all uh, commander prices. No, Meathook's still in standard. Yeah, but is it like played in standard? Yeah. It's the only way to stop Mono White. Mono white oh. creatures and tokens. And in zombies, you're making all these decayed creatures and stuff that are dying every turn. It's really good. Yeah. 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 Standard and modern, I th- not modern, I don't think, but Pioneer is definitely going to be using this. Or Explorer, whatever the hell they call that fake imitation of it. Yeah, it's it's too much. Like, ugh, ugh, ugh. Apparently there's a four-color reanimator deck in standard right now. Hold on. <laughs> well, maybe it's, maybe it's my time. <laughs> well, Commander friends, we have lost an adversary. <laughs> He'll be back when it rotates. Uh, oh my god, I can... Look at the cards you can reanimate. Currently in standard for reanimation targets, there's Jinga Taxis, Coma, and Lord Xandar. What the... <laughs> Oh my god, this is busted, dude. Yeah, and it's kind of sad when you think about it that the cost for you to build probably a really good standard deck right now would probably cost you more than it would take to build an a-, a decent commander deck that doesn't rotate. Yeah, this deck, the deck I'm looking at right now is $300. Yeah, easy peasy to build a, a pretty, really fun, casual commander deck out of that. You can buy one capture of Jing Zhao for your Maestro's deck for that price and have $100 left over. Ta-da! <laughs> but yeah, uh, with that, uh, check us out on Twitter.com uh, at, at Lotech, L-O-T-E-C, I can spell. Um, check us out on our Discord. We have links there. Uh, we're on Spotify, uh, Apple Music, our Apple Podcast, right? Is it's a separate thing now? Uh, it's all on our link tree. <laughs> yeah, it's all on our link I, tree. I forget. Yeah. But when you go to the the RSS, it gives you the option to listen to it on Apple, and it's there. Yeah, l i n k t r dot e e forward slash l o t e c. Even said the forward this time. You nailed it. And yeah, I looked up capture Jing Zhao. Of course, it's an extra turn card. I was like, that doesn't sound like a reanimator. Nope, okay, now it makes sense. Uh, I I promise you, Brian has other friends that (laughs) don't know he plays magic. (laughs) Nah, most people know. They just don't know. Uh, Nah, he's actually a blast to play with, and we're not 
as degenerate some of the fun things we do because we're not like we have rules <laughs> we have and uh oh speaking of rules um oh, no. the 21st uh i believe let me check my calendar because that's going to be a big announcement day for us yeah, on the 21st, when I am uh, guesting to play on the end step uh, with Cardboard Combat, I think that's when we're doing our announcement of the thing that we've been talking about like the last two weeks about how to announce it and put it out there that we've been working on for a while. You know that thing? <laughs> the thing I uploaded like all the PDFs for this week after rewriting them like five times? <laughs> I'm... I'm... <laughs> Hold on. Oh, 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 yeah, that thing. That thing. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 no, 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 I saw, you just sent me a message, I don't need to see it. Yeah, <laughs> I was, I was super confused. <laughs> yeah, we've been, we've been not talking about it for a long time now, and so now we're about to, and I think it's going to be a big deal. Like, yeah. I really think it's going to make ways in the casual. No, I think I think it's gonna be great. I think I think people are gonna enjoy it a lot. I uh, the reason I did not immediately rep it's listen. It's been it's studies. It's it's study week. I got finals. I've <laughs> tripped to London. You know, it's it's really busy. Yeah, Brian's priorities are a little fucked up right now. <laughs> we can forgive him for at least a month. <laughs> I was I was so I you put the fear of God in me for a bit. <laughs> it's like, it's like what PDFs? <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> you know the ones uh, I didn't leave on my desktop and accidentally delete. <laughs> but uh. yeah, um, with that, I uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't have much to say. I guess. Uh, oh yeah. yeah um, hey, if you listen to our podcast, if you see some of our stuff, like do us a solid. Uh, can you like throw a rating on there? Like, yeah. If it's, even if you rate us bad, because you don't like us. If you made it to this point, listen to our episode. You can give us an average. I'm cool with that. But like ratings, help get the word out. Like it, it makes our podcast show up in more places, and we love that yep. because we're trying to spread casualness. You know, we're not trying to just. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna. Make sure your deck is hyper super efficient. Always play the same. No. Yeah, we would we would never recommend stuff like <laughs> degenerate extra turn decks or something. You know, fucking, we're good people here. <laughs> well, at least one of us is a voice of reason. <laughs> oh, but yeah, the, it, it it means a lot. And anybody who interacts with us on Twitter or in the Discord, it it really is a, a good time, and we'd love to reach out to more of y'all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're here. But yeah. I mostly do all the Twitter stuff, but... No, not mostly. <laughs> it's it's <Yeah>. entirely. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I, I've, I've not made a tweet on... Maybe I'll make a... I'll make a really big twit longer post for my first tweet. What we'll probably do is we'll end up having you handle all the YouTube comments and, uh, and leave uh, Cameron to handle all the reddit peoples <laughs> god fucking <laughs> yeah oh. i don't want none of that 
Listen, I use Reddit, and I use it for, like, the most casual hobbies, like Pokemon and stuff, and it's still just the worst pitfall I, on this I, planet. I would use Reddit if I didn't have to read words. Yeah, actually, I say it's the worst pitfall, but that being said, I at least I use Reddit. I don't even use Twitter. I don't have a personal account. <laughs> That's fair. I, especially with the secret lair stuff that's been happening, Magic Twitter is not a fun place. Oh yeah, the the Magic Secret Lair, Pride Month, it's coming. Uh, it's awesome. Check it out. Um, oh Ultra God, Pro so even cool. made the Soul Ring playmat from that. There was a Soul Ring in there. Did I miss that? Yeah, that's that's the first card. <laughs> and Ultra Pro oh. is pushing that playmat as part of it. It's really cool. Yeah. And uh, the other Twitter drama has apparently been because Wizards, despite having yet another record-breaking quarter of sales, is raising prices on our stuff. I gotta fucking I gotta square up with the Wizards of the of course not actually, but. And I think the CEO of Wizards is now the the CEO, CEO of, Hasbro. of Hasbro. Yeah. So, yeah. All you people who like Transformer figures and stuff are about to feel our pain. Because apparently, if something costs $10 to make and sells for $50, they're going to increase it by a percentage of all the extra up over. And when I say cost to produce, includes the price of people who work for them and everything else. Like, seriously? If a ten dollar, if a booster pack of fifteen cards costs you four dollars, and another booster pack of fifteen cards costs you twenty five dollars, looking at you, collective boosters, I don't think an eleven percent upscale on both of them is fair. Because yeah. yeah, it's forty cents on the bo- regular booster pack, but that's like almost five dollars on the on the collector booster. Like, nah, I think it's you're silly. are. They can't even use the we're charging what people are willing to pay. Uh, that's gonna change soon, buddy. <laughs> yeah, not once in my life have I ever been like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to pay more for this. No, yeah, maybe it's... by the end of the year, um, at some point, I may buy a collector's booster, but I'm gonna be buying it for a giveaway. Yeah, like. I... That's amazing gifts to give people who listen to the stream or the the podcast or things like that. Like even from just giving away one pack at a time, mm-hmm. uh, that's awesome. Yeah, but I I can't me, think of the last no, time I've I'm not that a, rich. I've bought sealed products for myself, other than the packet league or commander you, you decks. A packer credit. Yeah, I guess commander decks are sealed product, but but you know exactly what you're getting. Yeah, that's what I like about them. I I kind of did it for a splurge, buying a box of Commander Legends for my birthday. Do I regret it? Money-wise, yeah. Um, <laughs> did you draft it? But every now and then, I wish I would have kept it for drafting or something like that. Because, oh. eh. You gotta draft them, dude. Oh. Have, you, have you gotten a chance to draft Commander Legends? N- no, and I don't want to. Oh, it's such a good draft format. I don't like draft. But you draft commander decks. <laughs> I would rather make a cube that's fair. <laughs> it's so cool. 
this is why we're different. <laughs> All right, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. I mean, I wouldn't team up for a podcast with somebody who's exactly like me. That'd be boring as fuck. <laughs> yeah, um, for my five cards, it's going to be Generous Offering, uh, Beast Within, uh, <laughs> Chaos Warp, Chaos Warp, Reality Terminate, Shift, Reality Shift. <laughs> and for my five cards, it's uh, Chaos Warp, Terminate, Reality Shift, Generous Offering, Beast Within. <laughs> Oh, 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 you're making fun of me being boring as fuck. Oh, mister. Um, <laughs> reanimate, 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 reanimate. Yeah, I didn't mention reanimate once. <laughs> I, I had to hold myself back. <laughs> right, you just... Oh, oh I'm sorry, I, did, I said the wrong card. Frexing Delver, way to bring back Frexing Delver, way to sack <laughs> Frexing Delver, way to loop Frexing Delver, way to double Frexing Delver. God, yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> Call me out on playing interaction. Listen, P.S. Play more interaction. Your games will be more fun. Play uh, Exile interaction though, or I will reanimate it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, with that, uh, I think that's a wrap. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I would much prefer it to be a burrito though. <laughs> God damn it! Oh well. We are the funniest people on this planet. Uh, we're doomed. All right.